Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast for this week. My name is Alex Catalano and it's been a weird week of uh, possibly, we thought the season might get put on hold for a week or something because of some interesting test results, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Alex Miller, it's been a bit of a been a bit of a circus this weekend, hasn't it? Yes, the uh, footy world has become the uh, local circus down at the uh, abandoned park. They've come into town for the week and uh, it seems to be an Irish circus that have messed it up, but uh, all <laughs> seems to be well. Um, and we're excited for hopefully a clean and successful round four coming up. Alex Doherty, you'd at least be very happy with the performance of your Bulldogs this week. Oh, couldn't be any more prouder. You know, and you know something, Alex Catalano, even if the dogs have a very unsuccessful season if we have like you know two and 15 record by the end of the end of the year at least i can actually sleep knowing that we actually managed to put one of those gws bastards <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be every dog supporter's favorite uh, favorite game of the year so you'd be happy Beat to up the giants win for that one i gotta Man, say boys such, such, the, uh... such a shame that G- such a shame gws don't have any supporters to uh rub it into <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i gotta say boys i don't know about your tips this week, but my tips looked absolutely shocking. <laughs> I only ended up with, oh, with three to my name, and I know you did as well, Alex, Alex Doherty. I, I did. Uh, I did not get a tip right until the Brisbane game. That meant I tipped against my own mob. I tipped against Collingwood. And, yes. and I, I can't believe it. Uh, how many people would have actually tipped Carlton beating Geelong on Saturday night? Nobody. Nobody not many. Not many. I reckon it would have said um, on the thing about two or three percent of uh, tippers voted for them. Uh, I yes, will say, so I, I will them. say, I did, I did <laughs> still actually get the margin right for the Hawthorne Richmond game, just that I got the tip wrong. <laughs> so uh, that's a good effort. not too bad, well, not too bad. That's decent from you. Now, um, I only got four this week, so only one better, boys. And uh, I did change a couple of tips, as I mentioned. I changed from Freya to Port. And uh, I backtrack on the dogs. I should have stuck with you on my dog. They played really well on Friday night. But we'll get to them. Let's yeah, start we Thursday. We will. Round that was, we're going to tackle a few games A few games this week. We start with Thursday night. Alex Miller, obviously not very happy with this result. The Tigers going down to the Hawks by 32 points. It was probably the worst that we've seen the Tigers play in a very, very long time. I think um, this is probably the worst game we've played since the 2018 final against Collingwood um, to send us through to a grand final. But I tell you what, um, there are some boys in there, gentlemen, that uh, need a bloody spell and a half. Um, A couple of names just off the top of my head. Danny Rioli hasn't looked like it. Um, Rioli has looked nowhere near it. No. No, Sydney Stack had a fair bit of the ball, but he just um, he didn't do anything with it. He had a couple of turnovers, got caught with it by John O'Segler when, you know, <laughs> Segler's a big ruckman. And while he played extremely well, Jonathan Segler, on um, Thursday night, I think um, he should be able to get past that little mm. boffin, or big boffin. Um, <clears throat> Marlon Pickett doesn't look up to it. Um, I thought the defence did all right, but that's because the ball was down there so much. Asprey and... Uh, Washington, especially Cat, I was really impressed with, and Grimes. But yeah, gee whiz, I think um, you know everyone's obviously criticising the Tigers, Doc, for the for the losses. But to be fair, it's the first loss we've had since July last year. I think the most concerning thing is the style of footy they're playing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of question marks going going about Richmond, and I, I think they might stem a little bit back to 
the week before as well when they played Collingwood. They allowed Collingwood mm-hmm. to get out of the blocks so quickly. Now, and they did manage to bump that margin back. But, you know, it, it was a game that was very low scoring. And at times, Richmond really didn't look like they were going to kick a winning score. No. So like and 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 it and it comes back to this one as well. So like, there are a lot of issues with with Tigerland. You you mentioned Sydney Stack before, Alex Miller. Uh, I reckon he, I reckon he's starting to be a bit too cute for his own good. Uh, mm. He's trying he's trying to do he's trying to do all these little impossible dinky kicks that that aren't coming off really well. And I think no. it, Matt, Matt, do you reckon it might be an ego problem that he that he's got? I hope it's not because we know Cat how talented this mm. young man is. And I, yeah, I we've think... seen him. He played really well in pretty much any position he was put mm. in last year. So I don't yeah, know what I it think, is. Um, Second year blues, maybe. But, uh, you know, he's still very young and raw talent, and the potential's there. It's a good good point you raise, Doc. I think he a little bit, but I, I think you could yeah. say the same for the other smalls as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it definitely just doesn't come down to him as well. I think Marlon Pickett. I don't know what his story is. I'm not sure if it's an ego problem, but I think teams would have had the summer to try and work out, you know, how to how to stop him from having that same impact in the grand final he did. Uh, he just, yeah, he doesn't look yeah, up to it skills-wise. Maybe, maybe something needs to change from the top as well. I, we hear Dimmer keep talking about, you know, we're not looking to be playing our best footy right at the start <clears> of the season. Well, I think everyone else in the comp is probably looking to bring their best every single week, you know. Yeah. If... I think he's looking at it as a bit of a as a bit of a luxury, a bit of a given that you're going to make finals, and uh, just to ramp up from start to end. But if you get a bit too complacent, suddenly these losses just going to keep adding up. Yeah, the thing is as well, it's a shortened season, so there's no time to piss fart around with you know we want to play better later in the year. Every week you need to be competitive, whether it's your best footy or not. You need to put up a fight and. From a Richmond supporter perspective, that's the most disappointing thing is the style they're playing. Mm. Like they've been scored, they scored one point in the first quarter. They didn't look like um, getting any goals. The inside fifties were terrible entries, very shallow. Nothing was deep towards Lynch. Yeah. Um, Rewalt hasn't looked fit as we mentioned, Doc, for you know a couple of weeks now. And I does think, he does he need a spell? The, the only thing is that will keep him. Come in. Yeah, I, I think he, he should have a spell, but he is a vice-captain now or some bullshit in the leadership group. But um, <laughs> I think I, I think there should be at least five changes this week. I've written down uh, just a few before we get to how good Hawthorne were, boys. So I think um, I'd make four changes. I'd get Nank in, obviously, for Solder. I think he just needs a bit of a rest. Um, but also drop Sydney Stack, Marlon Pickett, um, and uh, Daniel Rioli, and possibly, unfortunately, Jack Ross, if he becomes that unlucky. Um, and then the three I'd bring in would be Dustin Martin, McIntosh, and Patrick Nash, who you boys hear me rant and rave every week uh, last year, <laughs> post-VFL game. He's, um, he's got the talent, and I think there's one thing he has that the other boys don't at the moment, and that's the hunger. Uh, obviously, he hasn't won a flag, hasn't played that many games, but I could see him coming in and just putting some genuine, genuine aggression into the side because they look like they can't be fagged. Can't be yeah. I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen a bigger advocate for Patty Nash than you, Alex Miller. So <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing how he, how he goes in, in the top flight. I think Richmond need, uh, need to pick me up because at the moment they are looking like they're rolling through the motions a fair bit. You know, it doesn't help that their best player, Dusty Martin was out, but it's not a full on excuse, no excuse for, lo- no for, excuse for, lo- for losing by five goals. 
you know, I there's still uh, it, before before the podcast, Alex Miller. You're also touting Derek Agnellis Smith possibly as a another yeah, bloke who could come it, in. Yeah, Doc threw the name in last. I think it was last night, and it's a fair call. I really like uh, Agnellis Smith. He's a he plays taller than he is. He's a strong marking player. But even on the wing, give him a bit of – because he's athletic, mm. he can run. Give him a bit of a spell because uh, – or get him in and get the other guys off. So, But what do we think about Hawthorne, Cat? Obviously, this team, as you know, said last week, they never play two bad games in a row and they just yeah. absolutely deserve to win. They blitzed us off the park. Yeah, look, it was – it honestly can't be understated how much of a difference having uh, Jago Ramiro back in that midfield really makes. He was very impressive with the 23 touches – Four clearances as well. Um, but I, I thought early in the game, uh, Jack Gunston was the one for me that really set the scene. Mm. And he looked like he looked like none of your defenders could get anywhere near him. He was leading no. up the front, up the top of the 50, just getting off his man every single time. I think he was the one that really, really set the Hawks up to start the, uh, start the domination yep. for the rest of the night. Be cool. I also, I also like to add in to that gentleman that Isaac Smith was absolutely unstoppable mm. in that Phenomenal. in that first in that first half in particular it almost looked like no Richmond player wanted to go near him he had about he, 14 he had, touches by quarter time or something ridiculous yeah it was it was <laughs> something ridiculous like that seems to be a theme with Dimo same thing happened with Collingwood a couple of times he said steal solo and just roam three these wingers they mm. get the ball and they get a lot of it and Isaac Smith is highly regarded as one of the best wingers in the game still at his age he he had 29 touches, one goal, four marks, uh, two clearances, but 531 metres gain, which is just a fair amount of yardage. And they're all attacking runs. So he's pushing really hard from that wing to propel them forward. And I think the other thing as well is the clearance numbers at the start were absolutely terrible. I think we were yeah. getting absolutely bloody smashed in there. Um, I reckon you lost about up- every... You lost about almost every clearance in that first quarter. Yeah, I think um, the the concerning thing is the centre clearances we won, but the stoppage clearances, 15 to 6. And we averaged 16 as a team. So You've got to wonder, like you said before, um, maybe Soldo needs a spell, but even just some uh, some help. We've seen before the Tigers playing two Ruckman and working really well. So maybe Mm. if you have Nank and Soldo or Soldo and Chol or Nank and Chol, whatever it is... Um, just because looking at the numbers, Segler had seven clearances, Solo had none. Um, he dominated Segler, yeah. And it's you, you know, you can look at the raw hit out numbers all you like, but numbers like that really, really point to a total ruck domination. I like the idea of the two ruckmen, but the thing is, Doc, we've seen a lot of coaches now opt with the shortened quarters for one ruck and a lot of smalls, and the numbers on the key forwards. Um, in terms of goals per game, a lot of the smalls have benefited. So I think Dimmer and most coaches will be reluctant to play the two, but I think Nank should come in. I, de- I definitely agree about having, bringing Nank back in. Obviously, he brings a lot to that, that Richmond side. Mm. And, I, and I think a lot of people underestimate you know, the kind of grunt work that Nank does in, in, the, contest, in the contested space. Uh, you know, even, even, if it, even if it's, you know, to give Solder a week off or, or so just, just a spell. I, mm. I don't know. It certainly doesn't, it certainly wouldn't hurt this early in the season to try and, to try and actually trial, you know, two rucks in, in shortened quarters. Even if somebody, even if that second ruck is somebody like a Chol who is very yeah. athletic and can cover the ground like, no, like 
very few ruckmen can. Yeah. Yep. I think um, Hawthorne clearly outplayed us. Even looking at some of the stats, they don't. We had more inside fifties, forty-three to thirty-five. But like I mentioned before, the entries were shallow, and they came straight back out. That Hawthorne defence were absolutely outstanding, and they deserve to win. They uh, clearly played us off the park, and credit to Clarko and um, that Hawthorne unit because they came in with a game plan and worked a trick. I was going to say one one person I want to point out is Jack Scrimshaw, former Gold Coast player. Mm. He was I think a late a late in on Thursday night if I if I can recall correctly. Yep. Yeah. For Poppy. Um, for, for Poppy and you called for that one, Alex Miller. You wanted him out. Uh, but how, how, how did you see his game? Because I thought I thought he looked very comfortable at halfback. Yeah, he looked he, pretty handy. I thought. Yeah, he, um, he adds well to that. I think it was probably good for them having a uh, Hardwick back in too. But you know, mm-hmm. their whole back line was firing. McAvoy looked really good in the air. Sicily and Frost obviously played good games too. So I think it's easy for Scrimshaw to be playing, you know, playing good, comfortable footy when you've got those, got those kinds of blokes around you to, mm. to back you up. Yeah, they, they look good in the air, but the thing was, kept kicking it to them. And I just, um, I think that for me is the most disappointing thing. The, the numbers, in theory, should have put out a much more even contest. But everything we did was um, very basic. There was nothing, there, there wasn't those Richmond tap-ons, those crafty handballs, um, that explosive pressure. There was nothing from that. Um, and I think that's the biggest concern heading into next week against the St Kilda outfit, which as we know now, boys, if you get them, if they get out and running, mm-hmm. um, they're a genuine threat in open space. So they should be busting their asses in closing down space because two weeks in a row now they've been absolutely pantsed. Um, and they need to pick it up the tigers because, as we mentioned, short season. Don't know what this bullshit is, cat, about playing our best footy later on. Get on yeah, with it now. Do you I don't know. I think um, it's also a little, a little bit of, uh, I don't know. Teams are playing footy that just goes against what, what the tigers like to do. You yeah, know? that's if true. They're, if they're getting that's it clean true. out of the clean out of the contest every single time, while the ball's not going to ground, you're not getting that no. that rough and tumble kind of get the ball forward at all costs sort of style up and running. So. Right. Anyway, it's a big, let's it's a big week. It's game. a big week coming up for Dimmer. Let's talk uh, about a more exciting game, Doc. Your mob. Yes, <laughs> Friday night, the Dogs and the Giants. Obviously, we said uh, what, one of the, one of the one of the the best back seen in in I think uh, they were outstanding. The Dogs. They were really, they really, were. really, 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 really good. They brought it. I they think, brought um, it early. They uh, mm. they looked they looked like they wanted to win, uh, which I, I haven't really seen from the dogs too much so far this year. They looked hungry. Yeah, oh, they looked absolutely outstanding. Uh, first quarter they were they were two goals five, but um, as yeah. as as you know, Doc, they should have been a couple more in front. They they played a really that, good. That that's that that's the kind of footy I've been wanting to see for so mm. long, especially, especially against this mob, because we've been <laughs> beaten and tortured and victimized by this team for so long now, since, since, since the prelim, yep. it, you know, it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't, wins like this don't get much better than that. And I said it at the start, even if we have a, even if this, this is a, a, a huge clusterfuck of a season, you know, we, we end up, we end up winning three, three, four games for the, for the rest of the year, you know, Wins like this, uh, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it in twenty twenty one. At least you beat. No. Uh, at least you beat the Giants. 
Unless we're really impressed. Jones. Really impressed by the dogs. Caleb Daniel was good. Johannes had bounced back after a lot of criticism from the A3 boys. Libber was a great in. Tate McLean, Doc, we, uh, we love his pressure and intensity around the contest, don't we? Absolutely. Toby's just one of those guys who, you know, you know, you know what you're going to get from him week in, week out. You know, if, you if he's not getting his hands on the footy, he's, he's there trying to, trying to get in your face. You know, it, it, it kind of baffles me how, how Luke Beveridge managed to leave him out of both round one and two. Yeah, and, it's a bit bizarre. Um, look, I, 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 will say, I will say something about Josh Bruce, boys, because he didn't have, he didn't have his best game, nor, his, <laughs> nor like his other two games. But from what, for what it's worth, having somebody like him, a veteran presence, just to, you know, just help out and make sure, make sure those, uh, those young Bulldogs don't get rattled. I think I think that's a, I think that's very invaluable, and I think Demet Burton mentioned the same thing on Friday night as well on Fox Footy, which you know is one thing I couldn't agree more. You know, I wish I wish you could kick, I wish you, I wish you could kick a ball further than thirty meters though. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, that'd be one that'd be one thing I'd like. No, I was really impressed with the whole dogs outfit. Ed Richards was I thought really good on the wing, um, really good covering the ground, young. Um, <clears throat> Vandermeer was pretty good, I thought. Lynn John, Doc, I think um, it's important. I think people that don't follow dogs don't really know how valuable he is that back in the side. He's a really good player. Yeah, absolutely. I think Lynn John's just proven in his first two weeks that, you know, he, he has a spot in this 22. You know, not, not, wasn't, wasn't as um, impactful as his game was on uh, against the Saints in round two, but he's still, he still had that effort. You still saw that he wanted to get into the contest and he wanted mm. to get his hands on the footy and he, and he's and he's not bad he got his hands to the like in terms of marking he got his hands on the board a couple of times where he was probably a bit unlucky to actually not hang on to the hang on to the yeah. mark yeah. so you know I, I, I love Ling Jong I also love Alex Keith boys you know you know, you know <laughs> Keithy uh, ripper Keithy. first goal doc for the club uh, it, it, an, it was a ripper goal it was at a time where we needed somebody to actually mm. kick to kick a goal because at that point I think we'd we'd hit about I don't know three four five easy misses in a row, mm. you know. So for for a defender who who didn't actually kick who hadn't actually kicked a career goal heading up to that moment, mm. you know that, that that's something that was something special that was something to drive us forward. I thought, and I thought his his work in defence was absolutely outstanding on on Friday yeah. night. I do want to talk about a uh, do you want to talk about a couple of giants, um, <laughs> particularly the young boys. <laughs> Uh, Jai Caldwell and Jackson Haightley. I said it during when the game was on that I, I didn't realise how uh, hard at it Caldwell is and he really throws hmm. himself at the footy and at, at, uh, at the contest and it was really good to see uh, you know, he had four, for only the 14 touches but 8 marks 4 tackles, really really getting himself around the footy and uh, looking a likely type I thought Haightley had a few more, 21 touches um, <laughs> Haley's an interesting one, Cat, because mm. even watching the game, I didn't notice him that much. But twenty-one touches a fair. Yeah, bit, but... I think he must. He was involved in a lot of that. Uh, a lot of the Giants, you know, link-up play when they were yeah. moving the ball out of the back line, and uh, Nick ha- Nick Great Haynes goal. as well. I definitely saw a lot of hype about him during the night, and obviously the eleven marks, seventeen touches. He probably kept the Giants in it for most of the game. Mm. Uh, mm. Down back. Yeah, I, I think you, I think you've nailed it right in the head, Cap. I mean, there weren't there weren't too many giants that I was very pleased about performance wise on on Friday night. You know, Caldwell, Haitley, they were absolutely outstanding, and Nick Haynes, as you said, wouldn't 
would have would have lost by a lot more if it wasn't him. Yeah, I'll do Harry want to, I do want to, I do want to touch on Nick Haynes as well before we get to Harry Perryman. I just thought, can I just say that that is probably one of the weakest and most pathetic <laughs> things I've ever seen, sending him up to the coin toss against Marcus Bottopelli. In, <laughs> in, in an attempt for mind games, it didn't really work. You know, you could see the Bont didn't really give a shit. Uh, <laughs> no. Are they focusing abuse? Are they focusing a bit That'll... too much on all this, all this, you know, the rivalry, the Giants? It was kind of mentioned post-game, uh, yeah. but it looks like they, they are trying to get a little bit too much, a little too cheeky mm. with the dogs and maybe not focusing so much on actually just playing footy. Yeah, I think that's a really, really, really good call. I felt like the Giants expended a lot of um, energy on fighting. Mm. Um, which, which is sort I of the yeah, opposite, yeah. sort of the opposite for the dogs in the in the Absolutely. final last year. Uh, I'm, the I'm dogs, in, I'm in, yeah, I'm in really the do- good. the dogs. The dogs are up for any. The dogs are always going to be up for whatever GW is going to throw at them. Then, and the, and they weren't. And they weren't. The thing that you know, it sort of you know, made me proudest was the fact that they didn't, they didn't do it on their own free will. They just allowed GWS to get into it, yeah. and then and then they uh, and then they sorted it, sorted about themselves, and they just went about it. So. I, th- I think yeah. they wasted a lot of um, energy um, in getting involved in that biffo. I thought um, Stephen Coniglio, for what it's worth, his 24 touches were a bit nothing for mine. Yes, he had five yeah, appearances. But I just felt like um, everyone was sort of harping on like he was the only Giants player. But again, back to <laughs> Harry Perryman, boys, the leading Coleman medalist, I think, still. Um, <laughs> but he, absolutely having, crazy scenes. What a weird year it is. He's a ripper year. Yeah, he's having a massive year. Two goals, uh, 23 touches, I believe, eight marks, um, and three clearances. He's been a revelation in his side. And I tell you what, there's not many uh, Giants boys that would be proud of that game. He sure gave away a couple of goals. I thought Phil Davis did a decent job on uh, Josh Bruce at times, but I felt like Bruce held his own. Um, Mm. But I think more concerning is some of the other players. I thought Zach Williams, he, uh, I think he had about... Oh, he struggled. Four yeah. free kicks against Stock. He was just caught with it numerous times. Um, yep. Brent Daniels didn't do a whole lot. I didn't mind Lachlan, Lachlan Ash. Yeah, Ash, I hope, I hope he gets, Ash gets another game or another game hmm. or two. Didn't have the most touches, but I rate the kid and I hope he gets to I, prove I will, himself. I will, I will say I did see the doggies have a, uh, just, just, a couple, just a couple of cheap little niggles at, at Lockie Ash at various stages on Friday night. So <laughs> oh, it, I it's think he to... was, um, yeah. Talking a bit of smack I, I, to Bont Doc is what I've heard. Uh, he's yeah. talking a bit of lip. Well, good, good to see that the young man gives as much as he takes. Um, <laughs> J- 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 Jeremy, one touch Finlayson with the uh, the six touches. Yeah, um, I thought. I thought um, paying, paying homage to his great grand final performance last year. Well done. <laughs> I thought. I thought Harry Himmelberg was particularly disappointing, Cat, in terms of mm. the dogs' defence. Um, you know, Keith did an outstanding job on. Um, Cameron, Jezza. yeah, uh, was only kept to the one goal, and um, I can't remember who was on Finlayson. Doc, can't remember off the top oh. of my head. Bailey Williams, I think it was at times. I was going to say, might have, might have been, might have been Zane Cordy or Bailey Williams. Yeah, yeah. One, 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 so I, it I is, it like is interesting. Harry, Himmelberg probably should have had a big game because they're not, they're not the tallest. The dogs' defense. That's um, what I'm saying. And he's, yeah, a, I think he's there? the, he's the kind of bloke that really really does well mm. when he can lead up and mark overhead when he's got, you know, mismatched on a smaller opponent. So, yeah, probably could have like done better. He, he the, should the, really excel that. 
Yeah. The problem with the problem with GWS though on Friday night was, you know, fighting aside, they look very slow moving the ball forward, and that doesn't mm. and that wouldn't sit well with, you know, guys like Cameron or Finlayson or Himmelberg. You know, they they're all sort kind of decently quick mid uh, call mm. forwards. Yeah. So like that, 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 they rely on getting the ball down there quickly. So yeah, but having, I think having, that was credit, Doc, to your defence. The dogs were really outstanding, I thought, in the defensive transition, which is something they have struggled with with the early rounds. I thought getting back on defence was outstanding against, like you said, the Giants team that want to move it quick. Really good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, you can't. I can't discredit the Bulldogs at all for their pre- their pressure around the ground, particularly up the midfield. You know, that it, every That's time right. GWS try, every time every time GWS was trying to get the ball forward. You know, there was always a Bulldogs player in the face of everybody. So, mm. obviously, get, get, there that is a... up, get that one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a terrible uh, bit of news, Cat, about an injury to a star dog. Oh, yes. Josh Dunkley, unfortunately. Josh it's, Dunkley. It looked like it was going to be yeah. only a fortnight or so, but it's the projection's gone out to more like four to six weeks, which is not very good news for your mob, Doc. Uh, he, did, he, he did it in the last few seconds of that game, too, mm. Joshua. Yep. Yeah. How, how, how shit is that? <laughs> Joshua. Joshua. Yeah, I think um, particularly frustrating. But there are there are young kids that can come in. So um, we're excited to Patty, see. Get Paddy back in. Yes. Uh, I I very least Lipinski come comes back in. I, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Sat, dro- dropping him after a 22 disposal game. But Not on good Thursday enough. night. But, Unbelievable. Nah. But, but at least we got the win. I, I, I yeah, can't, that's can't, true. Can't, can't, can't be too uh, can't be too offensive on um, Bevo's game plans or his his bingo selections on Thursday night. But uh. <laughs> well, well, we'll move on to the third game for our round that was uh, probably the most shocking result of the week: Geelong and Carlton playing at GMHBA Stadium. The Blues ending up taking the win by just two points, gentlemen. Wow. Oh, what a game! Gosh. What a game what, what's, indeed. What watch this game? Watch this game in its entirety uh, Saturday night, and the reaction was like I like I was done. I was I was, ser- I was seriously done with my footy shooting. At, at, <laughs> at, this, at this at this point, I was I was what oh four three oh for four oh for four. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I picked yes, I picked the Saints, and I, and I said if Carlton beat Geelong on uh, on Saturday night, I was it. That was it. I, I had enough. I think I was thrown Cal- in the towel. Back to the game. I think um, the biggest thing that surprised me, especially, was the start that the Blues got to. A five-goal uh, mm. start was particularly impressive. And uh, they just piled them on in the first quarter. Eddie Betts was up and absolutely. about, up and about early. Casbolt was taking strong marks and actually kicking, kicking snags. McGovern didn't do much else through the rest of the game, but at the very least, he had mm. those few goals early. Uh, maybe I think this must have been. Tegi was telling them to focus on the start this week because uh, you're not going to get many other chances against Geelong <coughs> if you don't start well. So uh, yeah. Yeah. it was really, really impressive by the Blues early, I thought. Obviously, you don't like to see that drop off uh, after the about the halfway through the third <laughs> quarter or so, but they were, they were good the rest of the game, I thought, Carlton. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think back to your point about the instructing the tools, Teague actually said on SEN that he, his plan was to isolate the three talls in terms of mm. McGovern, Casbolt, uh, and Harry Mackay. And it worked really well. I thought the Geelong fence, uh, defence, who is rated quite highly, um, really struggled as a unit. 
to yeah. um, get a hold of those men. I think Mark Blitzars as well, boys. It's a real wake up for I think the league is this guy is. Um, if you get him in a one on one, he he can be quite exposed because his running power is what makes Mark, you know, claimed a good player. I'm still not buying the uh, <laughs> the uh, newspaper for that story, but I think um, <laughs> he he's still okay player, but he really struggled for mine in terms of the one on ones. But there's a guy, Doc, I want to ask you about. Yep. Mark Pitnett. How good mm. was it to see him out there and play extremely I, well? I'll I tell you what, if, if he keeps – like, he had a really decent game last last week against Max Gorn in Melbourne, you know, and but this this week was just, you know, uh, another stunning performance. You know, if he keeps playing these these kind of games, it's going to be so hard for Matthew Cruiser to get back into this team. And if I he think, doesn't retire. I think that – <laughs> and that and that probably that probably would have been the one thing that worried Cruz the most when they brought in Mark Pitt. And it's like, oh, if, he, if I get injured, he keeps playing, and if he plays, you know, where, where is my spot in this team going to be? Where is mm. my spot in this team going to be? Yeah, he, well, time and village. Thirty-six outs, <laughs> thirty-six outs, nine disposals, took a few marks. He looked, Two he looked really, yeah. few clearances. Yeah, he, he, he looked, he looked really good against against Ray Stanley, who I thought was, you know, he was okay, but. Obviously not as good as he was last week. Couldn't back it up. No, no. Yeah, not, I blew not my as, socks off last week. <laughs> not not as good. Not as good as Mark Fitnet, and certainly not as good as Dustin Port. Where's Ryan Abbott? Oh wait, is that the Saints? He's now, not getting the Saints either. <laughs> yeah, mate. I want to ask you about somebody who's an obvious, well-known name, Paddy Cripps. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he—if you look at his numbers, Cat—he is so important to this football club. He is. He's, he's the man that gets him up and about every week. You know, 24 touches. Obviously, that's pretty standard stuff for him. But with the two goals, the five marks, the 12 clearances, and 17 of those uh, disposals were contested possessions. Yep. So he's, he's the most... It's, everybody knows. We say it every week. He's the most important man to this Carlton side. Uh, Alex Doherty still thinks he's not as good as Mark Spontempelli. But... He just adds so much, and uh, you've you got to hope for him that at some point the Blues start finding some success, or he's going to wonder what he's been doing with the last seven years of his life. Get, get yourself a premiership, Paddy. That's all I've got to say. Um, <laughs> what about my long-lost brother, uh, Sam Doherty? Mm. Yeah, he the was good. Team, the, the other co-captain, 23 disposals, 19 of them kicks, nine marks. A lot of, yes. pe- a lot of people, a lot of people real, don't realise that he's such a such a general down back for them yeah. and he's and he's just the kind of guy and he's he's the kind of guy that Carlton had been missing the last two years yeah if Carlton were to progress as a team they needed him mm-hmm. to um to be to be on to be on the park and he and it was and it's a shame that he hasn't but it's so good to see him back playing consistent top tier football off half back well, he, does, he doesn't look like he's missed a beat uh Doherty he looks like he's playing just as well as he did before all these injuries so mm. He's. A, I think. I think that just goes down to the fact that he's a very smart player, Doherty. He knows. He seems to know where the ball's going to be before everyone else does, and where to put it for the rest of his team. So uh, I think that that IQ really, really helps his game for sure. He's a very, he's a very intelligent player, and it runs in the Doherty family. Um, <laughs> Alex Miller, I want. I want to get you. Want to get your thoughts on one player as a player that I know is very close to your heart, so close that you've been that you've labelled him a hack in recent memory. <laughs> Jacob Wietering. Now he, yes. he kept he had Tom he had Tom Hawkins in his pocket for most of the game. I think he I think he kicked I think Hawkins might have kicked maybe one or two goals late. But he kept him 
but he kept him pretty quiet for the most part of this game. I want to know if he's in contention for All-Australian this early in the season. Uh, I think at this early stage, definitely. Um, no doubt, my, my uh, quarrel with Jacob has not been on his playing abilities. There's no doubt that he's an outstanding defender. Uh, and if not one of the best one-on-one in the game. Uh, I do take issue with his off-the-ball antics, um, <laughs> but I'm not here to play politician. We, le- we leave that behind. And I think um, he was, yeah. We leave that to Daniel Andrews. <laughs> really outstanding. I thought he played a, a pretty impressive game. And yeah, I think um, definitely an all-shown contention so far. Um, I'm trying to think of other key defenders that would be in the running. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Probably Jordan Ruffett at this early stage has been pretty consistent. Um, Robbie Tarrant would probably be another one as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Robbie Tarrant would be another one. But, um, yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I, I, as well as the team stats, boys, some of the numbers here I just want to rattle off. Yes. Um, the hitouts were 44 to 22 in favour of Cullen, which is fantastic. Um, the... The marks is what astounded, sorry, to me, was 82 to 52 in terms of uh, 30 plus the Carlton Cat, which is wow. massive. Yeah. Dad Cardinia Park as well. Um, and the other thing as well was the one percenters uh, was 49 to 35 in Carlton's favour, which would not please Chris Scott in terms of the small mosquito fleet of forwards in, with Grine and Atkins. I think um, you'd be a bit disappointed with that. I think it, stats like the one percenters really show the uh, the team who's going a bit harder at it, and uh, we saw the same thing with the Suns uh, against the Crows, with the the things like you know the smothers and the the second efforts and the ground ball gets and all that kind of thing. Uh, that's what a that's what a team who who's hungrier hungrier for the footy does. Uh, so yeah. I think that's definitely kudos to the Blues for playing a really aggressive style of footy. Bloody earth. Is there anyone that any any other players stood out to either of you boys? Um, we, well, we haven't really talked much about the cats, and rightfully so. They were rubbish for for the most part <laughs> on 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 Saturday night. But I thought Mitch Duncan played a really good game. Um, yeah. Patrick Dangerfield was Patrick Dangerfield. Twenty one touches was was pretty pretty good in the uh, clearances, particularly in that last quarter. Um. I want to. I just can I just mention. Uh, I'll, this isn't this isn't part of the eggs, but I want to grill uh, Big Sav for um, punching that ball back into play when it should have yes. been a goal to Tom Hawkins. Yeah. And it should have game. been a win. Could have won the game for Geelong. So look, I've, I've I've always been a big fan of uh, Big Sav, but um, it's a bit of a brain fade, isn't had, it? Yeah. If, if 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 he if he had his time again, he probably would would have done it differently. Um, yeah. And I've and I've no doubt uh, Chris Scott would have showed that to him in the reviews on Monday morning. <laughs> and also, Jack, and also, Jack Stephen played his debut game on on the weekend. It was a late inclusion. Um, he shouldn't he, have played for mine. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, not. like he shouldn't have played. He looked, he looked a bit, he, he looked a bit sluggish. He only had himself the six touches. Had him barely, barely introduced himself to the footy after half time. So <laughs> yeah, probably needs a bit more match fitness, really. Um, yeah. before he can actually, you know, be playing in your best yeah. twenty-two. He looked. He looked um, like he ate Brandon. He looked like he ate Brandon Parfit pregame. <laughs> uh, before we get to the eggs, last player I want to ask you about Cat um, mm. is a man that we both like, Tommy Williamson. Yes. Um, good to see him back on the park. Did a couple of good things as a somewhat of a forward 
operating. Yeah, it was times. odd. I thought I thought he was going to be coming in as the uh, as a replacement for Nick Newman and playing off half back yeah. as he normally does, but yeah, they decided to play him as a forward instead, and not not a horrible game for him. He did a few good things here and there, but I think he's definitely more comfortable in the back line. I don't know. Maybe they've maybe he's been playing as a uh, forward in match sims and all that kind of thing, and maybe. I just haven't realised. But um... I'd like to see him get a few more games to show what he can do in that position because I do rate him. Got yeah. a lot of got a lot of pace, good disposal, so good on him for getting back in the oh. side at the very least. I also want to give uh, special props to Michael Gibbons for um, his game on Saturday night. I thought he Mm. was uh, very electric in that opening half of footy. Um, 18 touches, one goal, one, six marks, Mm -hmm. no tackles, but, um, but I think, but I think he's, his work with the footy in hand was quite damaging in that first half. And it really, it really helped open the game up for the blues. Yep. That's very cool. Boys. I'm, uh, I'm starting to get, get a bit hungry. Feeling a bit peckish. On the earth. I'd like to know, Alex Doherty. All right. How do you like your eggs this week? Uh, I am. I like my eggs scrambled. I always like my eggs scrambled. Uh, take take me to brunch. First thing that's on the menu, it's a scrambled egg. Um, <laughs> Bit of mashed avo. Yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> I want to scramble some of the uh, the forwards this week. Uh, look, this 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 new paying advantage rule, I think it, I, I think kind of works a little bit. Um, you know, if, if if you're running in the midfield, it's fine, keep going. However, if you if you're paying, if you've got a free kick inside fifty, stop what you're doing right now. <laughs> give, give the give the footy back. Don't play on. Don't make it. Don't make a hero of yourself. <laughs> Just stop. Give the footy back. Go back and have what a happens if shot. you're ten meters out directly in front? Just go back and have a set shot. <laughs> You're kidding. Go back and have a set shot. I, I've got to agree. I've seen too many players try to play on that close to the goal square and the the defender is very switched on, gets gets a finger on the ball or something when it would have been an easy set shot from 10 metres out. I saw, I, saw, I, saw two, I saw two players on the weekend. One, fe- one featured uh, a free kick that was paid to Marcus Bontempelli inside 50. He was about maybe 35, 40 out. Jason Johansson played on and he missed nearly everything. Um, and then, and then on Saturday night we we just talked about the Geelong Carlton game, but uh, there was a free kick that was being paid to the Cats. It was about thirty out, not much angle. Ryan Brian Myers plays on and has a snap, only for it to be saved in the goal square by none other than Sam Dockin. <laughs> so, so this, think... this, this is this is what I mean, Alex Miller. You if you have a free kick inside fifty, t- just Calm down, all right? I agree with that, but <laughs> I, th- I think if you're between 20 to 10 metres out and there's no one in front of the goal line between you and the goal, I think you should play on. Oh, look, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule, and I think that might be that might be the one case in point. But I agree. You if know, you get a tackle and a free kick 35, 40 out, get it back to old mate. Let him have a shot. He's earned the free yeah. kick. Don't you piss off and take his stats? Your dog. Exactly, Johansson. <laughs> absolutely, Jackson absolutely roasted the bond on on Friday night when he knows he's not a good kick at goal, and Grian and Grian Myers is just an, it's just was just looking to be the hero. So you know this is this is what I'm saying. Don't be a freaking hero. Just go back. Let your mate <laughs> have a set shot. That's all I've got to say about that. 
All right. Very cool. Alex Miller, I'm taking your order too, mate. How do you like your eggs today? <laughs> yeah, I'll get a fried egg sandwich takeaway, Calawano, and the fried egg is going to be the Adelaide Football Club now. Oh, oh yeah, yes, don't worry about that in my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I found oh, Manny, Nick's, Manny Nick's bald head in my eggs. <laughs> I thought Manny, it was an Manny egg, Nick's, but I tried Manny to crack Nick's, open Manny. Maddie's head. Manny Nick's, Manny Nick's is a bald egg. <laughs> re, 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 yeah, re, there's ready been to go. a lot of it. A lot of uh, media speculation and chatter about the Adelaide Football Club, and um, they put in a very, very, very average shift on the weekend. Yes, Gold Coast uh, played extremely well, 53-point winners, uh, but the Crows did not turn up at all, and um, I don't think it's a result of the hub system. I think it's a result of the culture and team that are still being produced uh, by this club. The first quarter, the Crows went scoreless, and it was 2-7, and you know the Suns could have been five goals up to be honest, a couple of the easy misses. And halftime, they'd kick one goal too. And you thought, you know, coming into the halftime break, Kat, I'd expect mm. uh, the Crouch boys, Sloan, Walker to get up and about, get some early touches, maybe st- switch up structurally. Um, and they couldn't be fagged. And I no think it's an, inference, it's an inference, Doc, that this, uh, this team is miles away from where they need to be. Um, you posted some really interesting photos in the group chat about their drafting over the last four years. Um, there are some guys. Have you, have you, have you got it up or? Have you got it I can up remember off the top of my head roughly. There's a couple of guys there that haven't debuted. Um, and there's a couple of guys. One of Cal, Alex Catalano's favourites, Patty mm. Wilson, uh, yes. is a name that should be in the 22 during this current um, rebuild. Um, but they're persisting with the same boffins for mine. I think guys like, uh, I thought Tom Duday was good. Good to see him back and put in, he looked like he actually cared. I, mean, he's, I, I, say, I want to say with oh, Duday, I, I, th- I thought at times his disposal looks like he's lost a, lost a little bit. Maybe it's just a, not the confidence from uh, coming back. But he is still, still as good in the air. But I think by foot he needs to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, I, th- uh, I thought so. Oh, uh, he, he'll get he'll get back to that. There's yeah, no doubt. Right. There's no doubt in my mind. If he if he keeps showing that same sort of passion with his football, you know, obviously, you know, I saw I watched the same game and I and I and I think the same thing that you do, Alex Miller. I thought I thought Tom Duday was one of the one of the rare crows that actually cared on on Sunday. I think as well. I just want to talk about some of the senior players. They've got a bit of a St. Kilda situation going on, boys, in terms of a lot of guys that do the same thing. Both the mm. Crouch boys are very good contested ball inside mids. And uh, I still I think Rory Sloan's best footy, um, if you want to call it that, is in the middle uh, in contested ball as well. They don't have anyone who's going to break a line um, and really be a threat in terms of beautiful kicks inside forward 50. I'm really, really hating this... Um, Taylor Walker and Tom Lynch excuses in terms of um, their field kicking. They're not there to be um, field kicks. They should be kicking goals. And mm. I can't remember the last time I've seen Tom Lynch kick a goal for Adelaide. Um, <laughs> honestly, maybe, uh, um, mean, maybe they need to maybe they need to move the likes of Brody Smith or Rory Laird up the ground a bit. Just to... I'd like to see Fisher McCassie get down forward and put him in the square and just. Have him have Ben King was playing on the weekend, leading out towards the footy and give him some chances. Because that poor boy, Doc, you mentioned, um, has been thrown into the deep end. And it's going to be tough for that young man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't help but feel bad for um, for poor Fisher. He's been he's been thrown into the Lions, you know, since since his debut. And you know, Ben having Ben having matched up on Ben King, you know, a kid who's you know a, a year into his development, 
you know, and absolutely towel him up the way he did. Yep. No, no fault. There's not not much not much he can actually do because oh. the Suns absolutely Suns absolutely had their way with with Adelaide up the ground. So it's not you know as, as a defender you yeah you have very slim chance to actually beat your man if the midfield if you're actually being having it delivered to you on a silver platter. I think as well, Kat. I want to ask you about some of these guys that mm. talking the off season was about them moving on. Rory Laird and uh, Brody Smith in particular. Yeah, I think um, halfway through that game, they would have been looking to their manager and getting on the <laughs> phone and saying, "Why didn't I get out of here sooner?" Yeah, <laughs> no, what, what I, I feel issue? like I said that exact thing. <laughs> what is the issue around the culture? Is it they, do they they don't look like they want to win? They honestly don't look like no. a winning team. I think they're a very uh, they're a very fractured team internally, the Crows, and you can see uh, on on the weekend. Obviously, Greenwood was firing some Hugh, Hugh Greenwood firing some shots at Mark Rusciuto about uh, getting rid of players who don't put up high numbers, but they have no idea what their actual impact is. And Campbell no Selma jumped more. on board. No man deserves more at the moment than Mark, than Mark Rusciuto because he's the one who's actually pioneering this basket case. I think. Um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah. It's just the kind of the kind of uh, culture where there's a few guys who. I think that I think I think internally the crows know that they're, you know, they're a bit, bit screwed. But uh, mm. I think they haven't quite come to terms with it. And guys like Taylor Walker probably think that they can still win a premiership in the next two years. I agree. I think they need to I, go I think full, that's the full rebuild mode, and they just seem to be refusing to do so. I think that's a problem for mine. I've actually written it down here. Is that the leadership there is the issue for mine? I think um, Rory Sloan and. Taylor Walker is his captain duo rubbish. Um, they're not leaders of a football club. Yes, they're good players in their own respect, but these aren't guys that are going to, for mine, motivate a group, especially a young team. Um, they need somebody. I think Matt or Brad Crouch would have been a much better captain. I think um, Brad in particular. But I just looked through the, some of the numbers on the weekend here. I thought... Um, Daniel Talia, he's not really a huge disposal getter, but only the four touches. Lockie Murphy, four disposals. Taylor Walker himself, six touches and a, and a late goal. Um, Darcy Fogarty's a guy who we, we all rate here, and I think he can mm. be something, but just hasn't found his feet. Um, and the guys they've brought in in terms of Ben Crocker and uh, – sorry, yeah, Ben Crocker and Ben Keys, are, they're, good, they're handy players, no doubt about that, but they're probably not best 22 quality. And I think – Making that decision, Doc, to play those guys over the young players is the problem with the Crows' culture in terms of if they're going to do this rebuild, do it right now. Don't do it halfway through the third year and go, well, you know, we're right. We should be doing something different. It'd be too late by then. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I I thought Ben Keyes and Ben Crocker have been very serviceable players, but I think I'm I'm with you. I think they're not going to be in Adelaide's next premiership. You know, it's, it's re- the reason why Hugh Greenwood left, you know, like, like I, I like Ben Keyes and I know you do too, Alex Miller. Um, mm. And, and I, th- and I think he's got something to offer, but I think they're going to be depth players at best for Adelaide's next tilt. I, agree. Um, I also want to mention, we, we haven't, we've failed to mention this at all, but you know, you know, remember how Andrew McLeod said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, there was something that there was a big cultural issue with, mm the Adelaide football club, you know, how they, yeah. how they failed to treat their past players, you know, right or with respect or whatever, whatever yeah. it was to have somebody like Andrew McLeod come out and say like that, you know, Andrew McLeod was somebody I, I 
I grew up with in the uh, the late nineties, the mid two thousands. Absolutely, absolute gun in his prime, dual Norm Smith medalist. You know, to have somebody like him to come out and say something like that mm. to Adelaide about the entire Adelaide organisation, you know, that, that's damning. It's mm. it's, it's yep. absolutely it's absolutely damning that you could have some like uh, McLeod's probably one of the top top five best Adelaide players of all time. He'd be yep. he'd be up there for mine. I suppose the last thing it, 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 I want to ask. Yeah, it's an absolute off. debacle. It's an absolute debacle. Yeah. yeah. I just want to ask you, Kat, before we move on from the eggs and do our who's the man, is what can they change? Obviously, with the personnel and the new coach and the hub system currently still going on, Yeah. Um, what, what can they do to turn it around, though? I really think more of that footy department had to be cleaned out than what it was. You know, there's still yeah. some key figures in there who were there. You know, at the start of Don Pike's uh, coaching tenure, you know, like I don't think yep. Matty Nix has even been able to really choose his assistant coaching squad. There's still too yep. many, too many bad apples in there, uh, and I think they just need to really, really clean it out, get some fresh faces in there. You know, like it's nothing's going to happen unless they, unless they do. Well, that's that's my last question then to both of you. Uh, a simple yes or no. Should the Crows, when they appointed Knicks, mm. done a full clean house and appointed new positions everywhere? Else? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yep. No absolutely. one who is involved with anything from the past three or four years should be at that club anymore. Full stop. I agree. I agree. Right. Where, where, where to, I was going to say before we go anywhere, where to for Taylor Walker at the end of this year? I don't see him. I don't see him playing anywhere. <laughs> playing Adelaide beyond twenty twenty. At twenty twenty. Um, is he a free agent? Is he doc? Um, I haven't, I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure in his contract details, but if like surely there wouldn't be much much left to run on his on his deal because he's what, what hitting. He's sitting on thirty now. He'd have and, no trade value for mine in terms of acquiring any sort of asset, and I feel like um, not a whole lot of teams would be willing to take a punt on him. So <laughs> I feel like he'd probably play out the rest of his years at that basket case, probably. <laughs> right. Oh, anyway, well. Gonna, Unfortunately, that's it. We've got. <laughs> we're going to move on to positive. Move on to more positive, more positive areas. Of course, we've got who's the man, where we choose our best oh, yes. player from the round each week. Uh, I'm happy to start first, boys. I mentioned his name before, um, and we're going to look at the Suns because who doesn't love a bit of the Suns this year? Hugh Greenwood is my man of oh, the yes. week. Now you look at the you look at the eleven disposals, and you might not think. You might not think too much of it, but you go in and you have a Hugh look Gre- at the... Hugh Greenwood certainly doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you have a look at the likes of 13 tackles, eight clearances. The, uh, the man is the ultimate supporting act and pretty much the definition of role player, I would say. He almost does that one role that he has too well. Uh, and we saw so on the weekend... Means, yeah, mate. Sorry if his touches, Cat, weren't clearances. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's- it. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, the man! I, I, uh, I, I love, I love that. I love that. Yeah, ten, ten of those touches were contested possessions as well. He, uh, he has shown that he can form a little power duo with Matty Rail in that midfield, and we saw it multiple times where Greenwood would be holding off the bigger body and letting, letting Rail or, or Weller or Slow wow. get to the get to the footy. Um, and of course, there was that little passage of play where Raoul kicked that goal out of the centre bounce, where Greenwood was holding off, uh, holding off Rory Atkins, and 
got the got the hardball get got the won the won the the rove and got the handball off to realm all that kind of stuff and the man the man is is immense for that team i think just what he adds culturally to that midfield group cannot be cannot be denied he's got got a bit of grub in him loves to loves to lay an elbow into his opponent a lot of push and shove yeah. around the contest. And I think it makes the rest of the Suns midfielders hold their head a bit higher when they see Greenwood pretty much having a go at anyone that comes into his, into his field of view. <laughs> I think um, that's a really, really good point. I think um, if you looked at free agency, you wouldn't have thought Hugh, or he was traded, obviously, but you wouldn't have thought Greenwood would have been a huge name. And what a get he's been, as you mentioned, for the Suns. I think... Um, that that team now he's keeping Braden Fiorini out, who's been mm. a consistent player for a long time, and I think the Suns are in a great spot. But Doc, who's your man of the round? Well, I'm going to go to the Sydney North Melbourne game. There's there wasn't much to really talk about from this game, but I I was thought I was really impressed with the work of uh, the old head of Josh P Kennedy. Uh, had had himself uh, 22, 22 disposals, uh, quite a few centre clearances, four. Four of them center clearances. Four center clearances. Five score involvements. Four inside fifties. Six tackles. Should have got a goal, but he ended up with one one behind it. Any instead. Uh, look, if, if the Swan like the Swans are going to play the Bulldogs on Thursday night, and if they are to topple the Dogs, then he's he's one of the few men that they need to really have really step up and perform this week. And I think I, I still think he's got a, a couple of good seasons left in him, Josh Kennedy. I thought he was one of Sydney's best. On, on Saturday afternoon, it was a day that it was a game that not many not many expected the Swans to um really really do much. But with um with credit also to Luke Parker and uh, Jimmy Rowbottom, I, th- I think that I thought they're missing Jimmy and Ollie and Ollie, and Ollie Florent as well. I think I think Sydney's midfields are looking quite nice. I'm all about the Jimmy Rowbottom bandwagon. You you, you you I'm I'm coming around to him as well. I thought he was very I thought he was very good on Saturday. I'm rowing that boat down the Sydney Harbour Bridge, but I'm not going to go with that game. I'm going to go to the Collingwood St Kilda Clash and a man who had a milestone game, but not just because he's played 100. Brayden Maynard, boys, a beautiful, uh, ideal modern-day player who's improved each and every year. I think um, when he first came into league, I remember watching some early Pies games and his kicking was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he's really <laughs> just improved overall as a player. He had 21 touches, 15 kicks, six handballs, five marks, six tackles, uh, 432 metres game, which is wow. outstanding thing as well. The man does um, it all as a defender, uh, I feel absolutely. like. He's the, he's the interceptor, he's the rebounder. He's, the, uh, he's almost turning himself into a bit of a general down there, Maynard. Yeah, he also had... Um, how many? Uh, he had three scoring involvements and five intercept possessions. So I think um, he's he's just a great, consistent defender, and he's been. Uh, I think he's really excelled as well in his development. And unfortunately, since Tommy Langland's been there, but when they were both playing together, they were really the young young generals for the future for that Pies yeah. outfit. So hopefully, we can see your mate Cat Tommy back very soon. Yes, well, he's um, back to but, back to to training from the looks of it. So he's getting there slowly, right. slowly. Really good news. So, yes, um, Brandon Maynard's my who's the man for this week, and congratulations, Brandon. On a, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Maynard <laughs> on a hundred games. Lovely. Congratulations very, on that. Very good one. I, I, I really, I'm a huge Brandon Maynard fan, to be honest. You know, it, like like what you said, Alex Miller, he can almost do everything. You know, he, yep. You know, it's funny. It's funny that about 
you know, three, four years ago, we we've just we just know Brad Maynard as a small forward stopper, but now he, yeah. now he can actually do pretty much a lot of things around the ground. You know, I think we I think we might have touched on it last week. You know, guys like you know Darcy Moore and Jeremy Howe get all the get all the plaudits down back, but it's the guys like Braden Maynard who just put their head down and work. You know, yeah, that's you right. Know, I'm, I haven't seen him have a game where he's just, you know, he's dropped he's dropped his head and it's like, ah, oh, screw this, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to give effort. He always gives effort, and that's what mm, I love the yeah. most about Braden Maynard. Hundred percent. And just before just before the tips, boys, as well, uh, other good news for the Pies fans is that Adam Trelaw was on his way back probably this week. Beautiful. Uh, into the twenty-two, so good plus for them and the Pies are. Look like they're probably flag favourites, all right, Pat now. Yeah, uh, you'd, you'd think between them and Port, funny that, yep. funny that, it'll be the prison bar. It'll, it'll be the prison bar cup in October. Um, <laughs> what if they both wear the same? Colours? Oh, Eddie, Eddie will chuck a fit. <laughs> Eddie would run on the ground. Him and his cardboard cutout of himself. What a knobhead. Um, Eddie, Eddie will go into fucking cardiac arrest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll move on to our move on to our tips. For round four, it's going to be an interesting round. From the looks of it, uh, the Essendon game will actually be going ahead, so we will have nine games well, this week. Good. Um, what, 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 what about what about the Bombers Melbourne game from last week? That well, that hasn't they haven't yeah, that is, announced that yet. That is a good question. I think once the rest of the fixture is unveiled, they're going to have to slot that in somewhere. So interesting, interesting times for yeah. the fixture <laughs> coming we're, up. We're, we might get a Monday night game. It's probably the, it's probably oh, yes. the only thing it's probably the only thing weirder than having a Sunday game at eight o'clock in, in the evening. <laughs> oh, now a, in the NFL, a they'll have a Monday one forty three time slot arranged for that game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute dickheads. But let's get to the round, cat. Let's get to the yes. Games. Thursday night, the uh, the dogs are taking on the other Sydney side. It's got the Swans at the SCG. Doc, you'd have to say you're confident ish about this one. Yeah, look, uh, more confident than last week. Um, obviously, I, I don't rate the Swans that much, but I think they they will give us they will give us something to think about on on Thursday night. That's for sure. Yeah. I think they'll they, they they've 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 got a good plethora of young talent coming in this team. I mean, we mentioned we mentioned Jimmy Rowbottom. You know, one of our favourites, Jordan Dawson, Alex Miller. Um, mm. You know, Alier Alier. Um, Hayden McLean made his debut. He kicked a couple of kicked a couple of goals. Yeah. On on the weekend. Um, so it's it, so the, the, the and they've got and they've got some of their mainstays as well, you know, Kennedy, Lloyd, Parker, those those mm. Heaney. So they, it's got, they it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, very excited by the debut of uh, Lewis Butler boys. Uh, yes, comes yep. down from, comes down from my way, Sandy Dragons boy. Um, Sandy Dragons Brighton Brighton Grammar boy, very good, very good with his uh, disposal, good athletic endurance runner. Could hopefully hopefully kicks out Matty Suckling because he's been very ordinary. Um, Sammy Lloyd maybe. So tell tell us who you're tipping, Doc. I am going to pick the dogs. Just Just. also also boys also boys Tom McCartan not cleared to play this weekend. He was concussed on um, Saturday. Yep. Didn't get up. Decent. Yeah. I think I will also tip the dogs by four points. I'm going to tip the dogs by five. Points, not goals. <laughs> um, deep in thought. I'm going to go the dogs by 18 points. I think um, they'll put in another good effort. All right. Friday night. Still, we're saying a double feature Thursday, Friday night in Sydney. 
we've got the Giants and the Pies. Uh, I'm going to say off of the recent form of the Giants that the Pies should beat them handily. Yeah. Uh, GWS should get Josh Kelly back. He was a laid out last week. Uh, Toby Green should come at, come back into the team. He uh, mm. he was ushered out by Leon Cameron. Told him not don't have don't have anything to do with the Bulldogs. They'll they'll hunt you down with all your all the forks <laughs> and torches. And also Lock, and also Lockie Whitfield has been cleared to play as well mm. after he was blatantly knocked out by Aaron Norton. Uh, it's good ends. That's good ends. Anyone that said that should anyone that said it should have been a week. Is kidding themselves. Lockie Whitfield knew what he was getting himself into when he stood in, stood in the way of Aaron Norton. But they're good. But they're good ends anyway. But yeah. having said that, GWS have had really two two really poor performances. Collingwood have been humming along really nicely. I think the Pies will win, and I will echo your words exactly, Alex Miller. Lockie Whitfield is weak as piss. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go. Yeah, I've got the Pies come through. I reckon about five goal margin there. Lovely. Saturday, this is a game I look forward to every year. Port Adelaide and West Coast uh, in the hub, of course, at Metricon Stadium. I really don't know who to tip in this one. I think just based off form, I'd go with Port because West Coast have been playing like absolute shadow of their former selves at the moment. They're playing like they don't actually want to be there anymore. And, <laughs> well, and from the sense that Adam you... Simpson doesn't want to be there. <laughs> and, and and if you read what that um that dickhead over in WA Mark McGowan has to say, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. Uh, I portal portal smash him. It'll 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 be an absolute annihilation. Yeah, I think um, I think in terms of what's happening with the Eagles, as we mentioned a bit earlier, they just look a bit can't be can't be bothered, and I think it it's sort of. Unfortunately, it's stemming from Adam Simpson count. I think his mindset mm. hasn't really been a positive reinforcement thing. I think um, we've seen Justin Longmuir and I think um, even Maddie Nix probably and uh, Ken Hinckley just say the boys buckle down. Um, we've probably got you know six weeks here, maybe max, but then we'll get a first in the games back home. And I think uh, Matt, Adam Matt. Simpson's gone about it the wrong way in terms of just complaining about it and um, really, yeah. really sort of lolling into this. Um, blaming the AFL, but I sort of don't get it because no one can predict what the, um, the circumstances are going to be for each state and club, respectively. Um, no, I don't think, I don't know why he's turning to the AFL and saying, send us back home. Um, there's no point in that for mine because uh, we don't know, you know, there could be a second or a third wave coming to WA in the next month or two. So you never know what's going to happen. And I think um, they really need to get a grip. But I, I think Port, as we mentioned, informed side of the comp. And I think West Coast, as you mentioned, Kat, they're just not, they're not, their form is, there's nothing there to yep. grasp onto. And so I'm going to go for Port for mine. And maybe not a smashing. I think West Coast will respond. I'm going to go two goal margin, maybe. All right. Who'd you tip, Kat? You pick- uh, yeah, I tip, I tip Port as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, does, it, does, it, does anybody... Does anybody at the Eagles actually care over there? <laughs> I think Andrew I think cares. Some, I Nick, think he no, cares reckon, about he cares about his touches. From, aside from Nick Nat, Andrew Gaff, and maybe a select other couple, I don't think anybody actually gives a shit over there. <laughs> Not at the moment. I think um, it's a mindset thing that they can turn around. Hopefully, yeah. This is going to be a very interesting one. St Kilda and Richmond at Marvel yeah, look at the Stadium. time on this. This is uh what 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 time is it, Alex Miller? Four thirty-five. 
Yeah. What? How hard is it to just put it at 4.30? We, 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 we can't do 4.30. We can't do 4.45. It's 4.35. You need a quarter, quarter past. Jeez. I'm, uh, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted here because the Saints normally play some of their best footy against the Tigers. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it now. I'm not giving anyone any grief if they tip the Saints. <laughs> I think I might actually tip the Saints <laughs> for this one. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how teams are when they come out. I might change my mind by then, but for yeah. now, I'm going to go Saints. Yeah. yeah, this is actually going to be one of those one of those games where I'll have to have a look at the uh, teams before I actually make a full on tip. But at the moment. I think I might actually tip the Saints because I think the Tigers aren't looking anywhere near it at the moment. Dimmer Dimmer needs to make some changes, as you've said so many times, Alex Miller. And I think (laughs) if Daniel Rioli can stop doing TikToks, that'd be great. Uh, (laughs) Ditto ditto to Sydney Stack. Um, uh, um, I'm going to stick with my mob, obviously. I support the Tigers. I think um, think Dimmer give them a bit of a ear massage in terms of a bit of verbalisation and tell them to get their shit together and I think the Tigers will respond. It's um yes, it's only one loss in a year, but again, it's just another footy they're playing. So hopefully they can get back to their roots. But I think the Saints will take us right to the end of the fourth quarter. So the Saints were very, the Saints were, the Saints were very disappointing against Collingwood on Saturday. I thought watched a bit of their yeah. game and they just they, they didn't didn't look anywhere near as as good as they were on Sunday. So I think they'll look to respond. This is a big game, Cat. Your mob. They should. Yes, Saturday night, Essendon and Carlton, assuming it goes ahead, which it's looking like it will. I'm never confident against the Blues, but I'm going to back us in because uh, I think beating the Cats is probably an exhausting affair. And uh, I'd hope that if the Blues could back that up again, I'd be very, very surprised. So I'm going to tip us. Let's, let's, be honest, let's be honest, Kat. Travelling to Geelong would be a very exhausting affair. Um, <laughs> no one wants to jump on the bus to Geelong. I, I certainly wouldn't. Um, <laughs> it, it, I guess it depends on who, who's going to play for Essendon. Because like, I know everybody but Conor McKenna and Jimmy Stewart are, are fine. You know, well, yeah. As, assuming if, if McKenna's positive was a false, then, well, I guess everyone's available. So we just have to see well, what happens I, with that. I'm excited to hear your rant, Kat, after these tips. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, don't even get me um, started. So you're, who are um, you tipping, Doc? I'm gonna pick Carlton, but I'm gonna, but I might change it to Bombers depending on who's playing. All right. I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna tip Essendon. I think um, you're my cat. I think a lot yeah. of controversy, and they'll be looking to prove to the league and their fans that um, they're not here to mess around in terms of um, ladder position and taking this a bit more seriously. I think they'll put out a good show for the fans, but be a good game. The other Saturday night game, we've got the Suns on the Dockers. Metricon. I think the, uh, oh, the, yes. the Suns the Suns will win this one again three in a row. Hop on board the hop on board the Matt the Matt Rail got uh, the Rail the Rail the Suns bandwagon boys. He <laughs> he will have he would have had three Brownlow votes last week and three Brownlow votes the week before. He's gonna get another, another three, three. Brownlow. He's gonna <laughs> pull up another three Brownlow votes against Nat Five. It'll be the Gold Coast Suns for me. I think um, Gold Coast could win by 10 goals and that five would still get the three votes somehow. I think um, <laughs> I'm going to tip the Suns. I think um, they're my second favourite team in the comp right now. The way they're playing footy and I suppose just a quick question, boys, yes or no. Should the mm. Once the fixture is flipped out, do we want to see the Suns playing Friday night footy? Yes. Oh, yes. Get them on. Absolutely. Yeah, get people want to see yeses. the Suns. No doubt. One, one, one of the only things I actually agree with Tony Cochran about... 
actually had a bit of an internet, internet scuffle with a West Coast fan about them playing footy. He was complaining <laughs> that the Suns have only won two games this year, but I uh, pointed out to him correctly that uh, two more wins and you've got mate. <laughs> um, and then I didn't, didn't hear a response from that uh, fine gentleman again. <laughs> what are you going to say? We to move that? on. We All move right, on. we move on. We move on to Sunday. Also in Queensland, we've got the Lions and the Crows. Uh, if the Crows t- are in things, look at the, look that's at yeah, the time there. One oh one oh five. Can't do one o'clock. Can't, Can't do, do one o'clock. o'clock. We've we've booked in. we booked in the venue for one o five. Maybe uh, the guy who's selecting the times. His clock's actually behind like five or ten minutes, and he accidentally <laughs> keeps like, oh yeah, reasonable time would be that. Would be one o'clock. Oh no, yeah. actually not. It's one o'clock. I think I, I think you'll finally understand, Alex, that he needs those five minutes to actually have lunch before the game starts. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that's a fair call. Actually, the umpires can get a smoko in before the uh, first minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the lines, the lines will get this done. Uh, just bundle the. I think they'll smash them. Wait, wait, who are they playing? The crows. Adelaide. Oh yeah, Brisbane. <laughs> it's unanimous. Considering the fact that we just potted them for ten minutes, yeah, Brisbane. I think Brisbane by seventy points as well. This will be an interesting game oh, here. The D's, the D's and the Cats at the MCG at three thirty-five. Uh, the D's obviously had to sit last week out because uh, coronavirus tests are not functional, apparently. Um, but. I think the Cats will beat them pretty easily. Yeah, I'm going with Geelong. Yeah, I think the Cats, I think the Cats will bounce back from what was a pretty poor game. Mm. And this will be a tough game, Cat. Last game, the Hawks, the Hawks are hosting the Roos at Marvel Stadium it's, at 6.10 on a Sunday. Not, I don't know how that happens. I was but... going to say, it's not, an eight, it's not another 8 o'clock game, is it? I don't think I could put up with another one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 6.10, luckily. Uh, I, I have no idea, actually, how this game's going to go. Um, both of these teams have been could, up and down. It could go any which way, really. I mean, North beat yeah. Hawthorne last year. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people expected Hawthorne to, you know, bo- boil them over. Yeah. I think for the game being a Marvel cat as well, um, you'd think North, they play that ground pretty well and consistently. Yeah. Uh, Didn't play it well last week, though. <laughs> no, they played a shocker last week. I think in terms of what I saw from a really good Hawthorne outfit last week, you know, dismantling um, one of the better teams in the comp, I think Hawthorne might get it done just. Mm, yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to go with I, North for now. North. I think, North. I, reckon Hawth- I reckon Hawthorne. Uh, I don't, I, I couldn't trust North as far as I could throw them. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't trust... I couldn't trust North as far as I could throw Reece Shaw's bold noggin. Uh, <laughs> also, um, I actually heard Reece Shaw talk about his relationship with Justin uh, Longmire and how he was obviously his mentor. And uh, Reece sounds like the most unexcited man on earth sometimes. He, uh, <laughs> he has you, one of you, the best you mean, poker faces you mean, and voices going around. You mean John Longmire? Yeah. Who you said Justin. Justin. You said Justin. Did I? Oh, well, same boy. Different clubs. <laughs> same bloke. One's, one's looking a little, little bit more younger and a bit more schmick. And the other one <laughs> yeah. looks, like a bore, looks like a boring old... I don't know what it is. A boring old horse. <laughs> boring old, boring old horse. I was, I was, I was going to say boring old prick, but... Uh, that was <laughs> uh, you said it anyway. Uh, so, Alex yep. Carolina, I've, uh, I've got the timer up. Uh, yes. You're going to... Um, do our one-minute rant. Do you want to tell us quickly before we start what it's mm. going to be about? Um, I'm going to pot the uh, 
COVID-19 testers and test machines for doing an absolute piss poor job and screwing up my club season when we actually had won two games in a row. So, okay. So I've got the timer out. I'm just going to do the <laughs> deal or no deal like that once the time is up. And, yes. Uh, you'll know your cue. So on my three, we will conduct the second annual rant for A3. <laughs> One, two, three. All right, so Conor McKenna, boys, comes back from Ireland. He has to quarantine for a two-week period, of course, so all, all good there. Does the quarantine, nothing bad. His housemates are tested, they're negative. Conor's tested, all is good. Everything's good in the world of footy. And then suddenly before this weekend, Conor comes back with a positive test after having two negative tests in a row. Now, you tell me how that happens when the man's been in quarantine and only around the club for two weeks. I just want to say that these COVID testers must be doing some wrong did they forget where his nose was did they shove shove it up the wrong hole where is this COVID coming from <laughs> the, test, the test is actually rubbish it takes back a positive and then the day after it brings back a negative what is going on there from all accounts no one recovers from coronavirus in a day so either these tests are absolutely rooted or Conor McKenna's body is absolutely rooted so either way someone <laughs> screwed up our season here for no good reason and I am absolutely pissed about it because I wanted to watch the Dons on the weekend <laughs> that is beautiful. How's that for timing as well? He summed it up in a heartbeat. Congratulations. Oh. That's a, that's my favourite one so far. <laughs> Thank you, wow. mate. That's be- Thank you. That's beautiful. The uh, stick it up the wrong hole one did me. <laughs> yeah, I, I could imagine them uh, going up the uh, the ear, ear cavity or somewhere else that is an unnamed location that we cannot discuss. <laughs> There you Very go. That's, uh, that's your rant for the week. I just want to watch the just yeah. want to watch the boys play footy. <laughs> I just I just want to watch the boys suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's a wrap, boys. Yes. If you'd like uh, to hear more rants like that week in week out, make sure you follow us on all our socials: A Three Footy Podcast on Facebook, at A Three Footy on Twitter, at A Three Footy Podcast on Instagram. Of course, you don't want to miss a new episode. So follow us on all those and the emails as well. Send us in any of your thoughts, tips. Uh, how you felt about the games during the week, a3footy at gmail.com. Both. And I think that's going to be that if we don't have anything else to add, gentlemen. No, um, well, actually, there is a couple other. There is one thing that I saw yesterday, and, I, and it's very good news for um, the AFLW, yes, is, that they'll, uh, is that they're re- recommitting to the 2021 season. Uh, nine, nine, rounds, nine rounds and uh, three weeks of finals. So that's... Um, that's pretty good. That's very. That's Great very good news. stuff. And, and ho- 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 hopefully, we get uh, no COVID nineteen ruining this season as well. Yes, of course, we'll be covering all things AFLW next year when the season starts back up. Kudos of our of our AFLW expert Alice Doherty. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll be covering that. And uh, I one, guess with that, one of the one one of the best in the business, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, with that said, I've been Alice Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Make sure you join us next week where hopefully no more players will be catching coronavirus and screwing up the season. Uh, Until then. Get it. Get a dog up, your GWS. (laughs) 